So I came across this gorgeous house in the newspaper the other day and saw the price tag. $13.68 million, that's insane. How does anybody afford something like that? It's a beautiful house though. So they bought it for $8 million four years ago, but they've completely pimped it out. What does the math look like on that? Let's just, oops, I'm, I'm missing a zero. <laughs> Property taxes of $46,000, $4,100 a month. And then utilities and fees, say it runs $2,000 a month. And your monthly total payment comes up to $56,715. Woo! And that's not even including $2.7 million at 20% that you got to put down. That's crazy. Okay, yeah, so that's insane. Let's take away one zero and see what happens. So the mortgage just works over to $5,000. Then you add on property taxes, probably about five $600 a month. You're looking at fifty-six dollars to $5,700 a month. That's still a lot of money. How does somebody come up with close to $300,000 in a down payment? Every situation is different. Maybe you saved up enough to cover the 300,000 or maybe you got it gifted or you're lucky or you trade up, but most likely people are trading up for that. I'm sure you've heard that most of the world's wealth has been created by real estate. So whether you're looking for $300,000 or $3 million for a down payment, here's nine ways you can make money in real estate. So the scale between from one to nine really depends on how passive you wanna be in real estate, how active you wanna be in real estate or how passive. And you can find this information in my book, Passive Income, and uh, just reach out to me and I'll get you a copy. So let's start with the most passive way is basically you invest in a fund like a real estate investment trust where you just put your money into a fund and you just let it go and choose when to exit based on the on the fund. You have less control, but it's certainly a way to get into the market if you don't have enough funds to get into it. So the number two way to invest into real estate is to become a lender. So you can lend out money to people that don't traditionally qualify for a conventional mortgage or perhaps they want a second mortgage or maybe even a construction loan. So you're gonna get a certain fee, maybe you get some of the equity, but for the most part, you're gonna get debt. So you're gonna get a percentage per year of interest. It's a great way to get in, but you don't have much control. You may have heard the term hard money or private lender. That's what this is. Again, you might not be able to capitalize on the appreciation of the real estate in most cases, depending on your structure, but the interest rates can be pretty lucrative. So this might be something to invest into. Number three is to find and refer deals. This is what a real estate agent is. This is what we are as a team. We're helping you find a property. We're helping you find a deal, and then we're referring it out to you or helping you get the deal. Number four is called controlling and assigning. It's kind of like an assignment. So you're basically buying the property ahead of time. You're waiting for a number of period years for it to go up or you buy it under value and then you flip it out to somebody else you just flip the contract without having to actually close on the property that can get pretty risky and can get pretty sophisticated so reach out to a specialist and make sure that you know what you're doing number five is just to buy and sell so you could potentially buy something really quickly under value and then close on it and then turn around and flip around for more money but more often than not the market is pretty efficient so you're going to find something at a current market rate going to hold on to it let it rent out whatever it might be and then you sell it in a few years that's what most people do in real estate to make money and you know in a growing market like toronto it's been doing well for all of us Number six is to buy, improve, and sell. And you often see this in HGTV called the fix and flip. So you're gonna buy something early, you're gonna improve it, and then you're gonna sell it later on at a profit. That may or may not work. It depends on how long you hold it. And I think the market can fluctuate quite a bit. So if you're gonna buy something and flip it, then you're gonna buy something at under market value and you're gonna sell it with improvements to make it overvalue. Again, the market's pretty efficient, so it squeezed out a lot of that profit out there. So you gotta be really careful and you know what you're doing. So number seven is the lease to own option where you could be the tenant in a rent to own situation and you negotiate a price ahead of time for the next few years and then you just pay your rent payments and a portion of that rent payment will be going towards the down payment to have the option to buy something. You gotta be careful to make sure that you negotiate something that what happens if you don't actually close on the deal? Do you get a portion of that money back? Now, if you're on the landlord side, you can do a lease back option where you potentially sell the property to somebody at the predetermined price, but then you take slow payments for it. It's great because it gives you consistent cash flow and you don't pay as much capital gains on it. Or if it's a reverse mortgage, then it allows you to stay in the property while somebody's paying you monthly payments until 
you actually get to transfer the property. So lots of variations in that. That's just one way to do it. So number eight is the buy and hold option where you're basically buying something to rent it out for long term. And then as the values go up, you can do a cash out refinance, which basically means you're refinancing, you're getting a new mortgage and then you get the cash out, but you're not realizing the gains. So you don't pay the capital gains on it yet. You will eventually at some point when you actually sell it, when you transfer title. But until then, you can actually just cash out and take the money. It's not a bad way to do it. It's pretty tried and true. The mortgage will be paid off by tenants and I like buy and hold myself personally. Number nine is to buy, improve and hold. So basically you're buying a property, you're gonna make some investments into it. So such as making a single family into a duplex or triplex or, or something the other way around. Maybe you're taking an old dilapidated triplex or multi-unit and making it into a single family where you can improve it, hold it and then get it rented out. And that way you're improving value, you're adding value to the property. So there you have it. There's nine strategies to make money in real estate. So eventually you could buy the 13.6 million dollar house if you wanted to, if you could, I don't know. So when you're deciding on a strategy, you want to ask yourself, how much capital do you have to put in the first place? Do you want partners? How much control do you want? Will it be an active or passive investment? Those are a couple of questions. So on the beginning, number one would be a little more passive, less control. And number nine would be the most active, most control, also most capital intensive, unless you do it with partners, right? So that's nine different ways to make money in real estate. And no matter what you do, it doesn't matter which strategy you pick, just get started. Use a compounding effect of time to your benefit. I'm sure you've heard all of it. When's the best time to plant a tree? Yesterday and when's the next best time? Today. Don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. Anyway, it doesn't matter, just get started. It's Kenneth Theum. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. If you like what you just watched, don't forget to click to subscribe. We're on Apple iTunes and YouTube as well. And visit us at www.broadviewavenue.ca. Thanks for watching. Oh, it's so loud up there. What are they doing up there? It's crazy. I don't know.